0: At Life Church, we've always been about life change. We like to say, around the corner, around the world. The truth of the matter is, and I truly believe this, if you take care of God's Word, He'll take care of your world. I remember I had been here for about a year and a half. We're a church plant in a storefront, you know, a room that sat about a hundred people. And, and there was a proposal for a need in uh, Northern Africa. It was to build a staging center for Convoy of Hope in order to meet the needs that were taking place in Africa. The price on that piece of paper was $10,000 an acre. I remember thinking to myself, man, if I could buy property in Germantown for 10,000 an acre, I would buy as much as they'd sell me. We're a church of less than 200. We're in a rented facility. Uh, That was like a dream. But I knew that's where we had to go in order to fulfill what God had called us to do as a local church. Uh, We made a commitment to buy three acres. That was $30,000. That was the same amount of money we had given the entire year, the year before to missions. Believing that if we would take care of God's world, He would take care of ours. Believing that quite frankly, as we needed property for the future expansion, if we would do that for someone else, God would do that for us. The miracle that took place is that's exactly what God did. Throughout the course of that year, we had to make those payments over that 30,000 in installments. And every single time God opened the door for us to buy the property where we are at in Germantown. And as we've continued to be faithful uh, to the opportunities that God set before us as a church and missions, God has continued to bless us in amazing ways. And 2016 is no different. Let's, let's just take a minute and just look at the blessings that God has done in and through Life Church, these greater things that He's done.
1: This past year, we began a new giving strategy called Greater. Our vision was simple. Through your generosity, we can build a greater generation, experience greater expansion, and reach a greater mission. Through the support of Greater, Life Leadership College equips and develops the next generation of kingdom builders right here at Life Church. At LLC, students get so much more than a degree.
2: When I was in LLC, it was great to learn about the local church, it was great to learn about how ministry functions. It was great to learn from the classes at Southwestern, but what I really took away was how to hear the voice of God and how to recognize His goodness in my life.
1: In 2016, we graduated our first class through Southwestern Assemblies of God University. One of those graduates, Alicia, joined the staff here at Life Church and now oversees the missions department.
3: The cool thing was is that I was able to attend LLC because of greater, and now I get to be on the other side of it. I get to be involved in using Greater to reach missionaries and organizations all over the world.
1: Another graduate, Mackenzie, is going into full-time missions in Brussels, Belgium under the support of Life Church.
2: Because of the support of Life Church through Greater, I was able to go through LLC and realize my dream of being a missionary.
1: Your giving through Greater also made it possible for many students to attend Bible camp at Spencer Lake this past summer. There's something about them getting out of their normal element, away from home, away from parents, away from their phones, and coming to a location with all their friends and experiencing Jesus and, and just going after Him.
3: Um, this was my first year at camp, and it was such a better experience that I ever could have imagined.
2: We had lots of fun. There was lots of worship. A lot of people got
3: saved. It was awesome to just get closer to my friends and have those friendships blossom.
1: Many of those students who had this life-changing experience, they would not have had that if it wasn't for your support and giving to greater.
3: So this summer I was at camp and I was asking for God to put someone in my head for me to pray for. And I just saw this woman with this purple dress and flowers and I had no idea what it meant. And so I just kept praying for her.
1: A few weeks after camp, Chloe also attended our youth missions trip to Bulgaria that summer. And uh, on our trip to Bulgaria, we actually were driving to a Bulgarian church where we were gonna be speaking and leading the service. And as we're about uh, 400 feet from the church, uh, we're driving and Chloe sees this woman. She sees a woman in a purple dress and it's got red flowers.
3: And I like yelled stop and everyone was kind of like, what's going on? And this lady um, was walking with a crook back and a cane with, in purple dress and flowers. And I was like, that's her. This is this woman I saw like a week before. And before I had a chance to find her, she came up to me and I was praying for her and I had no idea what to pray for because I didn't understand their language. So I was praying that God would heal all her pains. And when a translator came, she was telling me that this woman actually was diagnosed with a terminal illness and had no family to take care of her. And it was just crazy to me because I had no idea what to pray for this woman, but God just put on my heart to pray for her, for her illness, and I still pray for her every day.
1: God did miraculous things through our students this past year, and those opportunities were provided by your giving to the greater generation. Even though we didn't take on any big construction projects this year, we were able to effectively reduce debt, which allows us to expand in the future. Another way we were able to expand our reach was by revamping our online campus. This new platform has resulted in exponential growth to our online numbers and the ability to reach more people than ever.
0: I'm Joe and I watch Life Church services live online from Plain, Minnesota. My son attends Life Church and it's really satisfying to be able to be a part of what God is doing by watching these services online, even though I'm 300 miles away. Thank you, Life Church, for sharing the love of Jesus Christ in Minnesota and Wisconsin and throughout the world.
1: This year, people have checked in from Florida. North Carolina, California, Mexico, England, South Africa, and literally all over the world. Thank you for helping us leverage media to expand our reach. Through Greater, we were able to send out a record 78 Life church attenders on missions trips this past year. One of our teams went to Ireland through Convoy of Hope to help two local churches there.
3: With this group, most of them, this was their first missions trip and there were concerns about finances, health, and even how God was gonna show up with the different skill sets. But we stepped out in faith and God showed up. To see all that God did to us and through us, this is something that only happens when you step out of your comfort zone.
1: Last weekend, we heard from August, who went on our men's trip to Tanzania to build a greenhouse for a local school.
2: I, I don't think there's any guy that left there going, Well, I wish we would have did more. I think everyone went there and went, we gave our entire heart to these kids, and they accepted it, and in return they gave us their hearts. And I think all of us left a good chunk of our heart right there, not just in Tanzania, but at that schoolhouse.
1: This past year, we also had a send-off weekend for Kevin and Noel Miller, who are going into full-time missions through Convoy of Hope Europe
2: it was a really bittersweet weekend for us leaving dear friends and family but being launched out in such a significant way into what god was asking us to do as a family it was a a really beautiful weekend for
0: us yeah you know greater is such a special thing for us it's not just people giving money but it's families within life church really sacrificing and giving and it's not just a certain group giving large amounts but it's a lot of people coming together say that we believe in something bigger we believe in something greater, and it certainly enabled us to fulfill the dreams that God has put on our hearts. This past fall,
1: the Sturmans, a family that attends Life Church, believed in something greater as well. They hosted a day at their farm and raised over $5,000 for Convoy of Hope. Their creativity and initiative is what makes the church the hope of the world. Brad Rosenberg, chairman of the board of Convoy of Hope came to challenge us when we took our one day to feed the world offering.
2: I got to be with you guys back in November and it sounds like an incredible miracle has taken place. As I said in the message, I believe that God wanted to use you to do something miraculous. Well, that's what happened. You guys gave $124,000, the largest missions offering in the history of Life Church, And so on behalf of Convoy of Hope, and the thousands of children that we feed around the world, I wanna say a huge thank you. I pray God's favor and blessing upon you and ask that you would continue to listen to those promptings, obey those promptings, and watch God continue to do miracles at Life Church. God bless you guys.
1: In 2016, your generosity has fueled our passion to reach the next generation, take the gospel around the world, and expand the reach of the local church. Thank you for partnering with us to make 2016 a greater year.
0: Wow, what an amazing year, Life Church. And I am truly excited to see what God's going to continue to do through you and through us as a local church this year in 2017. That's amazing. Can we give God praise? That's awesome. I want to brag on you a few more minutes if that's okay with you. Can you stand a little bit more? Okay, good, good, good. The teenagers up front said yes, for sure they can. In 2015, uh, there were 52 families in Life Church that gave to missions at $2,000 or more that year. So, 52 families gave $2,000 or more to missions, which is above and beyond their giving uh, to tithe. Last year, that number close to double with 92 families uh, that did that. Since the beginning of Life Church, this is money, none of this money stays here, this isn't tithe this isn 't desic- this is money going for missions you 've given four million four hundred forty four thousand three hundred ninety four dollars and forty cents that's awesome that is amazing and I really believe we 've just scratched the surface on um, on, on what God wants to do through Life Church, And so today I'm not taking a special offering. I'm going to give you an opportunity in a minute to, uh, 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 to at least contemplate being involved and in, in committing uh, to what God wants you to do in 2017. But on the seats when you came in, there are two things. One is a brochure that looks like this. It gives a little bit more information about greater and about what that means and kind of what what the video was talking about. So if I get boring or when I get boring, you can use this just to kind of flip through and let your kids color on it or whatever. The other thing is a card that looks just like this. I'm going to get to this at the end of the sermon. And on the back side of the card, there's three different ways to kind of take today's message and to take this and to get involved. And so I'm going to explain that a little bit more in just a minute. But our goal for 2017 is $720,000 this year for Greater. And um, again, Greater is giving that's beyond general fund or beyond the tithe. The way we say it at Life Church is that tithe is about obedience, but Greater is about generosity. Tithing, according to God's word, is an issue of obedience. Do you trust God and are you going to obey His word? I didn't write it. You didn't write it. That's just what it says. Malachi 3:10, 11, and 12 that we bring the tithe into the storehouse. It's a local church. But the 90% that you have, that's about your generosity. That's, about, that's your money. That's what, that's your business. That's not anybody else's. That's yours. And so that's what greater is about. So when we celebrate $4.5 million, that's about generosity. When we celebrate 92 families that gave exponentially, that that's... That's, that's your generosity. When we celebrate the fact that there was almost $700,000 given last year to this above and beyond, uh, that's about generosity. Because here's the bottom line. It doesn't, tithing affects you and I. Tithing uh, facilitates for a staff to be here. It, it pays for the, the heating bill, which is great in Wisconsin, except for this week. Amen? Are you enjoying spring? I'm telling you, global warming, I'm all about it. Anyhow, just a joke. But... Um, but I am enjoying the weather. Uh, but but you know, and, and ministry to your kids and all of that. But greater doesn't benefit you directly. Greater is kind of laying up treasure in heaven, where moth uh, can't can't destroy and dust can't corrode and thieves can't break in and steal is what Jesus would say. And uh, that's what I want to talk to you about today. Because greater, when we talk about this, this isn't, the church is not in the business of giving out money. And, and quite frankly, the thing about money is, is that m- money is like, it's just a source. Um, I, I don't believe, I believe we shouldn't leave anything for the Antichrist. I, I'm a big believer that like, man, when we're gone, there is nothing here for anybody to take. I mean, it's, we've given it. We've done everything we can to get the gospel out, to get the message of Jesus Christ out, to, to, to help people. Uh, we're not in the business, we're not a bank. We're not here to distribute money. But money is just the, the, the mode, it's the medium. It's the, it's the currency, if you will, that allows the gospel to go out. I like how Brian Houston of Hillsong Church says, the gospel is free, but getting that good news out is very expensive. And so, whether we're sending somebody in missions, whether we're building a church in, a, in, 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 in an inner city, whether, whether, whether we're, we're doing some type of an outreach around the corner or around the world, it, it costs. It just does. And so, we want to be involved in that. Because what the church is about is not about money, it's about us giving hope. That's what this is all about. It's all about hope. Whether you're in a third world developing nation and you are ministering to children like you saw on the screen, it's bringing hope. Whether you're going in and, and you're helping a women's empowerment uh, uh, initiative to be able to help women who are coming to faith in Christ that are, are by themselves and their husbands have left them and have left their children in Western Africa. It's, it, it's, it's about empowering them in order to, to bless them in order to build the local church. It's about bringing hope. It, whether, whether it's about sending a missionary to a, to, a, to a very sensitive part of the world where the gospel isn't preached. It's about bringing hope whether it's about ministering around the corner or around the world it's always about hope that's that's why we exist that's what we're here for we're not here for each other we're not here for just the you know for us to just to kind of come together and be some type of a exclusive club no we're here to serve a lost and dying world why because that's what jesus did that's what the gospel means gospel in the original greek means good news that's what Jesus Christ came to do was to be the good news of the world. It's what God says that when, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Generosity. That whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son to the world to condemn the world but that through him the world might be saved. It's all about hope. The prophet Isaiah said that Jesus would be the one that would come and bring hope. He would bound up or bind up the brokenhearted and he would set at liberty those that are captive. I don't know if you've ever been in one of those two places, but where you're so hurting on the inside and your heart is broken open and you don't have any other answers and you don't have any even more tears to cry and you don't know what else to do, that's where Jesus comes in. He's the only one that can bind up a broken heart. He's the only one that can heal a broken heart. He's the only one that can bring hope to a broken heart. I don't know if you've been where you've been in a place where you felt bound. You felt shackled by maybe it was things and choices and decisions that you made. Maybe it were things that happened to you that you had no control over, but you felt, felt bound. And, 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 and you're helping, trying to help that. Didn't do anything but bring hurting and addiction into your life. And Jesus comes to set you free from that pain. He sets you free from that addiction so that the Holy Spirit truly becomes your comfort and not some other substance or person or situation. It's all about hope. That's what Jesus does. And as we look, and and I just want to kind of connect that. That's what greater is all about. It's about us operating with generosity to bring hope to a very dark world. That's what the local church is about. Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, chapter 5, that we're a city that's set on a hill. We're a light that cannot be hidden. We're the salt of the earth. And if our light goes out or our salt loses its flavor, what good and what value are we? If we're just a bunch of navel gazing, kumbaya, go to hell Christians, what are we doing here? Are we breaking our arms to pat ourselves on the back? No, our, our role as a local church is to be that light in a very dark place. Our role as a local church is to be that hope in a very hopeless world. Our, our goal, our role as a local church is to be taste in a very tasteless world. That's it. We're not here to judge people. We're not here to condemn people. God himself said he didn't send Jesus to condemn them. Why would we condemn them? No, we're here to bring hope. That's what this is all about. And, and when I look at the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and look at the ministry of Jesus, it's all about hope. It's all about hope. And I just want to pull one, one story. I don't like to use the word story because it kind of delineates the fact that it, 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 it sounds like it's a fictitious. It's just an account of Jesus' encounter with this Samaritan woman in John's Gospel, chapter 4. He goes and sees, this called the woman at the well, as probably most people, if you've heard this before. But the Bible says that Jesus travels through Samaria. It's interesting because Jews avoided Samaria at all costs. Because Samaritans who lived in Samaria were half Jew and half Gentiles. And because Jews and Gentiles hated each other, they, Samaritans weren't accepted by the Gentiles and they weren't accepted by the Jews, so they kind of colonized themselves in Samaria, and that's where they lived. So religious leaders of the day would have avoided Samaria. They would have gone around it. They would have inconvenienced themselves. They, uh, Jewish men would have had nothing to do with that and, and, and just would have completely... But Jesus says, I've got to go through Samaria. It's very interesting. And when he goes, it's about noon. The Bible says it's at the sixth hour of the day, which would have been around noon... And he encounters one lady at this well. We don't know her name. She's the, the Samaritan woman at the well. Interesting, I don't have time to unpack all this, but the well was actually a well that was dug by Jacob that was redug by Joseph. And so it has a lot of significance in this whole encounter. So they're at this prolific place. She's there in the noontime. Most people weren't at the well at the noontime. That's why she's there. We're going to find out in just a minute. And, and there's about two dozen verses, and I just want to kind of just kind of summarize it, and then I want to camp on about three verses. So she's there. Nobody else is there. See, wells were kind of, they were like, the, like kind of like a local coffee shop, if you would. It's, it's kind of where everybody showed up. Everybody kind of interacted. Everybody was kind of there, and they're just kind of there, and they're seeing everybody. Hey, how are you doing? Then they kind of go on with their day. And so most people went to the well in the morning or in the evening. Well, this lady's there at noon when nobody's around. And Jesus strikes up a conversation. She doesn't even acknowledge him at first. And he strikes up a conversation. She quite frankly says, you have no business talking to me. What business does a Jewish man, especially a rabbi, have doing talking to me? See, according to the Old Testament law, if he had encountered her, had physically touched her in any way, he'd have to go through a ceremonial cleansing just to be able to go into the temple. I mean, this is the level of disdain. This isn't a casual conversation. This isn't standing in a checkout line at the supermarket. This is something that they avoided at all costs. There were so many cultural and religious boundaries that had been set up that Jesus was busting through all of them. And he asked her for a drink of water. And she tries to play it off. She tries to play the, the spiritual spin and she's, she, start, she tries to change the subject and Jesus just keeps going at it. Not in a mean way, but just, just continuing to engage her in conversation. And finally, Jesus kind of reads her mail. Because the lady had been married multiple times. She's living with the man that she's with right now. So she's given up She's hurting. She's looked for love in all the wrong places. Nothing's worked out. She's there just trying to take care of her business at a time where nobody else is there, so she have to deal with anybody else. And Jesus goes for no other purpose and reason but for her. He has no other business in Samaria. He has no religious right being in Samaria. He's breaking every cultural trend to be there. And he looks at her, and he, these words are written in, in John's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 13. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water, speaking of the well, will be thirsty again. You'll be back here again today, lady, tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Verse 14, but whoever drinks of the water that I give them will never thirst again. For indeed, the water that I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Then the woman said in verse 15, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Do you hear the desperation? I'm so tired of living this way, I'm so hopeless. He brings hope. That's what Jesus does. And if, if you read account after account after account after account uh, in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's these common denominators of how Jesus brings hope. First of all, Jesus is always purposeful. He's always purposeful. John chapter four verse four, Jesus tells the disciples, "I have to go through Samaria to get to Galilee." No, they would have avoided it. They, they would just been you, you just don't go there. You just take the bypass. You go around Samaria. You don't go through it. Nobody goes through it. He says, No, I've got to go through there. Why does he go through there? Because he's there to bring hope, he's there to give her hope. And that's what missions is all about. That's That's the reason why we go around the corner and around the world. It's about bringing hope to hopeless people. It's the reason why when Jesus said in the great commandment given to us as Christ followers to go into all the world, to Jerusalem, which was the epicenter of the Jewish world, Judea, which was the entire region of the Jewish world, Samaria, which is a place that every Jew avoided, and the uttermost parts of the world. Why is he saying that? Because hope doesn't just, just doesn't come to those of us that are Christian. Hope doesn't just come to those of us that have been raised in church. Hope should not be something that's just reserved for us, the holy few. Hope is for something for people that we've discarded. Hope is for something for people that we overlook. Hope is for something for people that are broken and that have a broken heart and that are bound up. And the only way out is Jesus. I'm going to preach in a minute. That's what it's about. That's what we're about, being purposeful. That's why we're talking about it today. That's why we pray. That's why we go. That's why we give. Why? Because we want to present hope to people who are hurting, whether they live down the street from us, whether they live a a block over from us, whether their kids go to school with our kids, whether they live in the same county, whether they live in a different county, this state, this nation, or anywhere in the world, we are called to go into every man and every woman's world and bring hope. Jesus is always relational. Every time you see these encounters, he's relational. It's all about relationship. He's relational. The Samaritan woman, she's an adulteress. There's so many taboos and so many sins, it's hard to list them all. Uh, She would have completely been avoided by by any Jewish man, much less someone of Jesus' stature. But Jesus flies in the face of every cultural and religious tradition to bring her hope. Why? Why? It's interesting when you read that because here's what's interesting about Jesus. Jesus probably could not get voted in as a senior pastor at most churches. Jesus probably couldn't get voted in as a senior pastor at most churches because his resume would read he's a friend of sinners. He hangs out with prostitutes. He doesn't involve himself in their sin, he, but he's, he's there because there's a light and there's a love and there's a hope and there's a grace. There's redemption that they're looking for. He's around people that have less than high integral standards and moral standards. He, 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 he spends time with people that have religiously communicable diseases as a religious establishment would have said. He, he, he's someone that's that, that, that's unconventional and unorthodox in the way that he goes about it yet there's a power with the way that he speaks and there's, a, there, there's something about him that's different because he sees dead people come to life and he sees lame people walk and he sees deaf ears open and blind eyes to see and there's a lot life-giving, flowing on him that we can't describe. We can't put it in a box. We can't contain it, but that's just who Jesus is. It's what theologians call the incarnational presence of Christ. Paul says in the book of Romans, the power of Christ that raised, that the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you and I as Christ followers. So that when Jesus is in us and we're around lost and hurting people, there's something that begins to happen that they see the life and the love and the hope of Jesus in us. It's not us. We're but like a glass, like a a reflection, but it's his light that radiates. Why? Because it's relational. Jesus didn't come to build steeples and stained glass. Jesus didn't come to build mega churches. Jesus didn't come so I have a job to preach. Jesus came so that hurting, hopeless people have a place to go. That's what it's all about. That's why we exist. And the day that we quit existing for that, we're done. We're just a glorified country club. That's not who we are. That's not how we got where we are as a church. You see, Jesus would do, well, it's kind of what we say here at Life Church. We'll do anything short of sin to see someone come to faith in Jesus Christ. We'll offend religious people all day long. Yep. I know that's hard for you to imagine that I could do that, but. Because it's about hope. Get this, I know I say some of these things over and over and over and over and over again. The only thing we won't be able to do in heaven as Christians is see somebody who's lost, someone who's hopeless, find Jesus. We'll sing for a thousand years. The marriage supper of the Lamb, the the, the greatest buffet you've ever seen, we'll eat for a thousand years. I'm all for that. We'll figure out how jacked up our theology is when we really understand everything. But the Bible says the one thing we won't be able to do is see someone who's hopeless find hope. It's the greatest privilege I have in my life as a minister is to see hopeless people find hope. Because the light turns on. That's all Jesus did. Read it. That's all he did. That's all he spent his time doing. He shirked the religious establishment. And and, In Luke's gospel, there's over two dozen times where Jesus is sitting at a table, reclining at the table, eating at the table. It's all about relationship. Why? Because God didn't come to save our rules. God didn't come to save our denominations. God didn't come to save our pastors and our programs. God came to save people. And Jesus is always more than enough. Always. Always. It's interesting to me, in every situation, when Jesus comes to that situation, he presents one thing. He doesn't pay their bills. He doesn't eradicate their debt. He, he offers himself. And in him, it's always more than enough. You know what the answer the world is today? It's Jesus. We'll never have a big enough bank account to write... all the the ills of the world and to meet every need. We can do what we can do and we should. But we offer Jesus. That's why Jesus says, look, when when you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. So when you give and when you go and when you pray through greater, it's just as an example, just like the men in Tanzania as they were feeding the children there, they're not feeding those children, they're feeding Jesus according to the Bible. When you're going to help clothe people that need clothing, you're not clothing those people. You're clothing Jesus. It's what the Bible says. Well, Jesus, went, the says, when the when, disciple says, when was it that you were naked or you were hungry, you, that, that, you, that, that, that we wouldn't come? Of course we would come to you, Jesus. But Jesus said, no, you don't understand. That, that's, that's, it, it's, it's the least. It's the marginalized. It's the disenfranchised. It's the hurting. It's the hopeless. And so if you'll minister to them, you've ministered to me. That's why this thing works. That's why Life Church is growing. That's why we're healthy. It's not because of me. It has nothing to do with Aaron Cole. It has nothing to do with great programs or great architecture or an amount of time that we've been here. It's because we as a group of people have decided we are not going to let church be about us. It's going to be about hurting people. We're going to love what Jesus loves, build what Jesus feels, serve what Jesus serves, and when we do that to Jesus, when we do that in His name, He then in turn blesses us so that we can continue to do that more and more and more because Jesus is always more than enough it's what he tells the woman at the well this water that you drink of you will never thirst again it's the most sustainable thing you can do and a world of humanitarian aid and NGOs and protests and marches and ideologies and political campaigns and rhetoric none of those things will last sorry And I hope you don't get mad, but I don't care whether you were pro the inauguration or against it, or you were pro the women's march yesterday against it. I don't give a flying flip because it doesn't last. Listen, when you look at the eschaton of time, read history. When you look at the eschaton of time, kingdoms and kings have risen and fallen, but Jesus still remains. Do you understand? So it's not about what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And are you Democrat, Republican, independent? Who cares? At the end of the day, it's about Jesus. How do we serve people? How do we help people? Amen? That's what it's all about. And what makes that powerful is that it's sustainable, that it lives beyond us. It lives beyond us. That well will dry up, but the water that Jesus gave her will never run dry. Bye. I want to I end today. I got a special guests that I want to pray over this offering. You saw her in the video, and she's a student who grew up at Life Church, called in the ministry in high school here at Life Church Youth, went to LLC. Life Leadership College, graduated. And uh, she was just appointed as a missionary to Brussels Belgium. She's basically really going to be working heavily with the refugees there. And, um, and so we're just, she's basically just kind of a couple of weeks from leaving. As soon as a visa gets here, it's all in process and in transit, she's there. And so would you give a huge Life Church welcome to Mackenzie Mueller as Mackenzie comes? She's a big, big, big hand. You have have a fan club over here. Yeah, you do. Woo-woo. All right, there we go. Hey, first of all, um, we're super proud of you. I want you to know that. Um, You have raised your budget as a missionary in Wisconsin in record time. Uh, That's something that she won't tell you. Uh, But starting last May, she graduated. She began to what they call itinerate, which is... They set a budget for her and say, great, you're going to be a missionary, and here's your budget, and now you got to go. If God's really called you, then God will speak to people's hearts and will give to you. So we as a church are supporting her. But um, you went out and began to go to Possum Trot First Assembly and every place you could go, big church, small church, wherever, all over this great state of Wisconsin, friends and family, all that stuff. Did You, you went up north too, didn't you? Up north? I
2: did. Oh, yeah. Way up north.
0: Up north. Up north. Up north.
2: Up north Sorry. there, you know. <laughs>
0: so, um... So, and then raise your budget and record time and just, it's amazing. Um, and so, talk, just two questions that I have before we pray. I want to put you on the spot, but you're calling to ministry. Uh, you're, you're a product of what we're talking about. You're, you're an answer to prayer. Tammy and I have prayed and believed that God would raise up vocational students from the church go to Bible college, one of the reasons why we did LLC, but would then go into vocational missions and give their life serving people. And no pressure, but you're that first person no to go you know, <laughs> that way. No pressure. Don't don't, don't disappoint me. Um, but talk to me just a second, how, how, the calling. How do you know that's what you're supposed to do? How did you know?
2: So it actually, as I was watching that video they played, I realized that Really, every significant moment that I had with God to realize that this was my calling happened through a ministry that I was a part of at Life Church. When I was a student, I was 16 years old, I was at summer camp, and God spoke to me and nudged, on, nudged to me that missions was what I was called to, and I said yes to God at summer camp. And then a year later, I was on a missions trip with Life Church youth to Ireland, and I had this moment where I was talking to a woman who, as Pastor Aaron was talking about, didn't have any hope. She was a single mom in Ireland with a very sick son. And it was in that moment talking to her that I realized that all of us, we have this ability to carry hope into people's lives. And as I talked to her, I saw that light bulb go on where she realized that she had hope in Jesus. And it was then through that moment that it was confirmed once again that this is what I wanted to do and that Europe could be the context that I do that in.
0: Awesome. So you went to LLC after you graduated from Sussex-Hamilton? I... Right.
2: Yep. So, six Hamilton.
0: And and then you graduated there, and you went right into LLC. But you've battled with like a, a life-threatening illness for most of your life, and mm-hmm. and really um, some some really 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 tough times. And so, but you f- tell your mom, your dad, I feel called to missions, which means you can't stay here with the doctors and the specialists that you've seen. And uh, y- you went on. You basically spent the summer your first time in Belgium, and and there was some there was a God thing that happened physically for you, a the, the divine deal that took place. Will you explain a little bit of that to kind of yeah. confirm some of that?
2: So my freshman year of LLC, I was sick the whole year, but I really felt like I was supposed to do this internship with Convoy of Hope Europe, and so I just, I went for it, and I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And within my first week in Brussels, I had gained three to four pounds, and one of the biggest side effects of, The illness that I was going through was I couldn't keep weight on, which I'm sure you can tell from being up here right now.
0: I don't have that problem. We'll
2: work something out. (laughs) And the first week I was there, I gained four pounds. By the end of the summer, I had gained 20 pounds, and I felt healthier than I had felt really my entire life. And so that was just more confirmation that I I was right where God wanted me.
0: Yeah, and then when you actually came home, you had to, you know, it wasn't quite as good, right? Yeah, I
2: lost weight when I came back to the city. I'm telling
0: you. So... So it's one of those things where God just kind of said, this is where I want you and this is what's going on. And so then you finished that out, graduated and did all of that. And I think this is what's so cool is that we don't call people. I don't call anyone into ministry. God calls us. So God called Mackenzie into vocational ministry. But as a pastor, as a spiritual leader, it's what Paul talks about with Timothy in the pastoral epistles, when when he talks about the the confirmation or the ordination that takes place, that as a minister, I see the hand of God in her life. And I call those things out. And Tammy and I saw that on Mackenzie's life. And when she went to go itinerate to raise funds, I just said, this is going to be fun to watch. Because this isn't like you're not preaching every weekend. Had you ever like, besides maybe a youth service, preach preached?
2: No, it was like five minutes. So all of a
0: sudden now you're having to go do church services on a weekend and go out there and and say, hey, I need you to give me money and then talk to people that you don't know and hey, I need you to give me money and the sweet little thing right here and she's just, you know, and then to do that in record time, it's just all God's hand on your life and it's been amazing to see that. I I had coffee with Kevin and Noel Miller who are almost at their budget but not quite and I just said, hey, Mackenzie's already raised her budget. I'm just saying, maybe God's not spoken to you the way he has to her. She definitely has a greater anointing. And there's two of you and only one of her. I'm just saying, just saying. But um, we love Kevin Noel. We just know they're, they're, they're just not quite as spiritually mature. They're getting there, aren't they? <laughs> All right. right. So uh, I want you to pray over these commitments. Um, I want you to pray for me to lose weight, too, in a okay. minute. But that's a different story. I'm just teasing. <laughs> I want you to pray over these commitments. I want you to pray over our church. And um, we're going to pray for you. You're one of those missionaries that we'll be praying for. And we're so proud of you. We are so proud of you. We're going to be praying for you. Amen. So I want you to pray over this and pray over us. And then, and then when you're done, I'm going to pray over you. Is that okay? Let's pray.
2: God, I thank you that you work through people, that you work through Life Church to reach people across the world and in Germantown who need hope. I thank you that when we do what we can do, that you do the rest and abundantly more, that you use our extravagant generosity to to carry hope to people around the world. God, we know that when we said yes to following you, that we said yes to loving people, that we said yes to serving people and to giving out of a generous heart so that they can experience your hope. God, we understand that we are carriers of hope to your world, and I thank you for the hearts of the people at Life Church to realize that they have an opportunity to bring people your hope. God, I, I pray, the verse in Ephesians 3.10, Lord, it says that, that because of people like us gathered in churches, that the extravagant news of God is being heard of even among the angels. God, and we receive that. We receive that through our generous hearts and through your blessing that people around the world will experience your hope. I pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: And Lord, I just pray for Mackenzie right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for her life. I thank you for her faith. I thank you for her courage. God, I thank you for the anointing that you've placed and the giftings that you've put inside of her. And I pray, Lord, as soon as this visa gets here in the next uh, 10 to 14 days, Lord, and then she boards the plane to spend the next two years in Brussels, I just pray, oh God, that you would give her unreal favor. God, I pray that you bless her, Lord, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. I pray, God, that you would go before her and make the rough way smooth and the crooked way straight. I pray, God, you would give her unreal favor that only comes from you. I pray that you would surround her, Lord, with your angels encamped around about her, Lord, that you would be her rear guard. God, that you would would be there and, Lord, strengthen her, God, in the task that's in front of her. I pray, Lord, that when her, her, her arms get weary, let us as her home church lift her up in prayer and support her and to pray pray for her and to believe in her. And I pray, Lord, that you would give her much fruit for her, la- for her labor. I pray, God, many souls, Lord, that you would give her, Lord, for, for the work that she's doing. And I just pray, God, that she's just such this essence of the hope of Jesus Christ flowing to someone. God, just continue to let that happen. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Love you. Appreciate you. you. Amen. Give her a big hand. Thank you.